0: McCole Hardman is back in Kansas City. Frank Clark might be in Kansas City, according to Frank Clark. The reunion tour is even better than the run it back tour. Does anyone know where John Baldwin's at? It's only weird games.
1: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Only Weird Games, formerly known as Time's Ours. Unless the Chiefs need backup
0: quarterback help, the next best name I could come up with right then I think was Brody Croyle. Maybe see if Tyler Thigpen wants to swing on through. The quarterbacks of Chiefs passed, thankfully not a necessity. But it's true, McCole Hardman's back. Frank Clark said he'd be in Kansas City today. We're here to talk about what exactly number 17 is excuse me, number Number 12, 12? thanks to the Chiefs offense. Joshua Briscoe, Seth Kaiser, Nate Taylor with the here, Only Weird Games on KC Sports Network. Uh, Seth, what would have your, uh, your, your funniest answer have been for a
1: Chief reunion for this season? Easily LaShawn McCoy. Because there, (laughs) there are no other Chiefs, like former Chiefs, like even like, so like, you know, Tyree Kill. he said this, he said that, but he's also said like really nice things about the Chiefs. (laughs) I mean, People that used to be on the cheese, you know, Colin Saunders, like, oh, i love Cheese Kingdom. One Thornhill, all love. He had the yep. sweetest people describe it, it was like the sweetest pick six celebration ever. He it, gave a heart to Cheese Kingdom after that was incredible. And I mean it's all love. Except LeSean. Eric <laughs> <laughs> Bunami isn't even the coach and he still hates <laughs> them. Like what, yeah. what, what what happened? Uh that's that's how you know. And it's like, dude, you just weren't quite it's like ah, you could tell. I, I guarantee you, I would put money on this. I don't know this, but it was this. I was promised a certain rule, yeah. And then they sh- you showed up and they watched you run, and you were like, "Oh, you're not shady." circa twenty fourteen. That happens. It happens. It's not shady at this point. It's it's twenty nine. It's twenty nineteen. Yeah, and that's covered. And look, you still got to play on a Super Bowl winning team. Why can't you be happy about it? Like um. Mm. Who was the running back last year? Mm. Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, baby. Why can't you you be happy that you got carried to a Super Bowl ring? These boys carried me. (laughs) (laughs) That was such a great I got carried. That was that was such an amazing interview. And like that's you know what? I'm going to start this off with a little life advice. Because I'm old. Mm. The ability to laugh at yourself Mm. is is like well, like a top three be happy in this lifetime trait. If you can't laugh at yourself, you get mad at Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes for dragging you to a Super Bowl. <laughs> Come on, man! Well, Williams was better that year. What do you want?
2: He was on the sideline when they won the Super Bowl, and then literally months later was like, I don't stand. I can't stand them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what a, what a wild turn of events. You know if um. If they did call LaShawn, how do you think the how do you think Hey, hey Lashawn, we want you to come out and bang the drum. <laughs> <laughs> how you feeling about that? How, uh, when 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 can uh, when can we send the the uh, the itinerary uh, in your honor? You know, like they should offer that. I would like to know. Yeah. Well, I know the he, franchise is he busy? No, he's still on Fox Sports. No, he's, okay. he, yeah, he's he's doing just fine when not discussing the Chiefs. Um. So to your point, Seth, you know who the real answer is, right? Wanna know? I mean, if it were up to me, look, obviously I've said plenty about Frank Clark. I can't I, I gotta scroll up here for a minute. I don't know who it was, Adam Sheehan, that said, um, fifty-five minutes of chatting bring back juju. Uh would be would be fun. Uh I gotta be honest, it would be fun. There's there's someone that says fifty-five minutes of Frank Clark, and I said I mean, yeah. When do I sign up? Like, when do we press the button? Um, There's so many good candidates, right? Even like guys like Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher. um, You know, you can understand those, but the there's only one answer, guys. He is the. Can I say it, Josh? I don't. I you can Nate. If I could stop you from saying things, I would have done it so many times before now. He has the opposite complexion of Trick or Treat. It's 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 Dan
1: it's Dan Sorensen. It's Dan Sorensen. We got a complete it's Dan, Dan Sorensen. See, see, I'm not. I I you got I to say something universe, in response no, to that? No, am I not no, allowed to no. say something in response to that? I don't know. It's hard to I say. I well, trick or treat to me. Immediately
2: calls to mind, uh, Mr. Tony, who played for the Memphis Grizzlies in Tim's, uh, in the NBA, uh, trying to lock up any any version of Steph Curry to to his own failures. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, Mr. Tony tried his best, but he was trick-or-treat because you never knew what you're going to get. Maybe, maybe he'll make that corner three. Maybe he shouldn't be taking it, but maybe he'll make it. And Sorensen has the most Richter scale among Chiefs fans that I've ever seen covering this team. <laughs> or he was he was like, why is he on the team to like put him in the Ring of Honor? Yep. Yeah. To why is he on the team to two-time Super Bowl champ? Yep. To get him off my team. <laughs> yep. So we we're just on the upswing. We just need to go back to
1: well, one-time Super Bowl champ, one-time Super Bowl champion. But you get the point. That could have been. He's an honorary. He's an honorary two-time Super Bowl champ because he. The- Dirty well, chance. I don't, I don't know. He would, he would be Mitch Schwartz. Oh, hilarious.
0: Ring, that's just he does like. Yeah, Mitch Schwartz does hilarious second rings. That would be that <laughs> would. You guys legit- like put ahead of honey. That would be legitimately funny. I would. When they I, when they need yeah. when they need no safety help whatsoever. Like, you know, I was a two time honorary <laughs> Super Bowl champion to me? Just if we're keeping personal record books. <laughs> uh, Someone, Tony luck, Allen, asks Kobe to... wants us to check the mic. Of I don't know of who. Dan, of so us. I almost called him Dan. Seth sounds kind of odd to me right now, but my mic headphones are broken before the show, and so we're really just the live oh. element. The live element really takes away our 15 minutes of old man troubleshooting that used to happen before this <laughs> show, and so now it's just like Tucker and Vibes. They like has to figure it out in real Tucker time. Vibes. but it does. It that, does sound kind of
2: like Seth's. On a, do a I sound way. better? if I'm closer. Yes, you, you, you certainly. You, you, I was gonna say you certainly look better. Uh oh there it is it's, No I it's, certainly don't
1: it Come on, I just, it, guys. I just, It's for everyone Yeah no guys okay No you know what I'm not gonna say anything Because I understand how the internet works Does my microphone work <laughs> Cause it, can anybody hear me Anybody What, what is
2: this uh what is Dan Dan. <laughs> is Dan still playing football What's he up to these days <laughs> Is he still Bald Um that's that's an inside joke. Is he, he still small? Um, but look, Tony Allen, kids, used to have to guard Steph Curry like his life depended on it. It went the same way for Tony as it would for you and I, which means, <laughs> hey, there's Dawson Knox running a seam route. Dan? 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 Where are you, Dan? Like, Dan it. But also, if Justin Reed, if his coach pulls the code red and says we just got to do the fake pot up, uh, 21, whatever, 24-7, we we just got to run it. We just got to run it. We got to run it. Then Dan Sorensen will not be fooled. Actually, they should bring Dan Sorensen back so that teams don't run fake punts on them anymore. That's true. You know what? They they got that other guy now. We can't, Coach, we got to save that fake for next week. We can't run it against the Chiefs. Dan Sorensen's back on the team. Now they have their defense out on the field, and it doesn't matter, right? But everybody, <laughs> it's whenever in the stadiums, like they're going for it, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like everybody. I don't know what it was like in the stands for you, Seth, but I just got the sense that like everybody was like, oh, and then every yeah. Viking fan was like, that means they're going for it, right?
1: We, I mean, yeah. our coaches, our coaches are dumb, like we. No, I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> and being the guy next to me, my my buddy that I never learned his name. I mean, he was really bothered. And then they faked it. I was like, of course they faked it. How did they not? And then, you know, Dave Powell <laughs> was like, that was a really good design. If only there was someone whose job it was to be prepared for such things. Like, I, I'm going to be honest. Having Hello. multiple successful fake punts against the Chiefs this year. Unless by multiple, it, it, before i before mean, multiple. Before Halloween. The, I, let, that get, bothers let's not forget me. that point. Yeah. That yeah. bothers me a little bit because the rest of the special teams unit, let's be honest, he's not really is he coaching up Harrison Butker how to kick? Or or Tommy Townsend how to punt? Wow. Or Winchester how to long snap. Do Did you hear I what he said today?
0: I Sentinel. didn't see this coming. Oh, go, no. go ahead go and inform him, Josh. Well, somebody out there, and it could have been you, man. I don't remember. Today there was an hour. It was today. It was a lot. It, it was not me. Somebody asked Dave Tobe, like, who's the emergency punter? Because he talked about he talked about Tommy Townsend really powering mm-hmm. through it, being able to punt. So, so oh, who is who is the uh, who is the backup?
1: And Dave Tobe, <laughs> Dave Tobe just said Dave Tobe would go out there. <laughs> no, I just said Tobe to myself because I called him Dave Tobe again. Yeah, you do it all the time. I didn't. That one didn't even register for me that time. Right.
2: Uh, okay.
1: So he. So okay.
0: You he's asked, to so out there, Dave Tobe was asked. Who would the backup punter be in an emergency situation like that? He said, we had a plan for it, and believe it or not, it's 15. Patrick Mahomes is this team's backup punter, which I think is crazy for two reasons. One, it's because is there anything Patrick Mahomes cannot do? And two, we finally found a way the Chiefs will let will let Patrick Mahomes stay on the field on fourth down. He just has it. to be the punter. I, here's,
1: hear the me punter, out. Man. Hear he me out. Let him survey the field. Hear me out. MVS and Justin Watson as your gunners, Patrick Mahomes as your punter, and Isaiah Pacheco as one of the blockers That's in basically there. the offense right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, coach. Yes, Justin I, Watson, just go down the me that wouldn't affect how, I mean, the other team, they can't That's even return the punt. Personal protector, I don't give a bleep. Hey, hey, hey coach, Point, point <laughs> formation, point,
2: pooch pot, pooch pot? Yeah. yeah. All right, pooch pot. Guys, don't run the pooch pot. Okay, don't don't run it. Like we'll just we'll do our own thing here in the sand. Um yeah, that was that was the beautiful thing about, you know, um learning new things from the coaching staff because they're they're having to learn as the season goes along too, just like we are, um, in a lot of different ways. But for can you my brain went to sort of the the picture, the imagination. Of Dave Toe going, oh man, it's Thursday, and you know we're gonna give Tommy a horse amount of anti-inflammatories, and we'll see if he can go. But I need to, I need if to, he can. We are gonna have him push Noah Gray from behind. <laughs> I'm just, gotta, just gotta <laughs> peek the...
1: yeah, I'm gonna, peek got to with his one good hand.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna peek in the locker room.
1: It looks like they could kick the crap out of a football. I've already
2: asked too much of Sky Moore. Um, let me <laughs> let me go across. Does Lejarius Knee know how to punt the football? Well, I, mean, I bet Justin, he does. Justin Reed's been a great backup kicker, so you know maybe maybe I should circle by him. Okay, he's got a lot on his plate. That's fine. I get it. I get it. And let me just turn to my left. And, oh, Patrick, how are you? Before just punting to- on Saturdays, apparently. Before you go to your next team meeting, can we do some punts during the walkthrough the day before the game? Just, I just want to get everything T-crossed and I-dotted, and I believe uh, your leg will be warm by, by, by the time we need to actually use it on, on fourth down. Your leg that is
0: definitely too fragile to quarterback sneak, but we're ready to have you just start wailing on some footballs. Uh, well, listen— The Patrick Mahomes special teams connection today was one of the, let's say, chiefs with numbers in the teens who may be jettisoned into the special teams rotation more quickly than you'd imagine. Uh, But the quarterback, obviously, was not the story of the day. As McCole Ardman is back in Kansas City, he had a press conference out there today. We can... Seth, I don't know how much of the presser you were able to follow. I know Nate and I heard the whole thing, and... There was a ton to unpack going back to his story of of what happened last season. I, I want to actually pause that first and make that kind of the next thing we talk about with McColl. Um, but where were you guys when the the trade came down? How you were feeling about it at the time, and now how you see things kind of kind of beginning to to merge a little bit for McColl Hardman, the Chiefs' offense. Nate, what did you think when you saw the news, and uh, where does that leave that group right now? Um
2: as I said before uh, on this show, like it makes the most sense. So when it happened, I was like, Oh, we're doing this now. Oh, they're, Oh, okay. I guess they want to do it now. And it's a little, it's a little bit of a, of a similar situation with Kadarius Tony last year. Like they traded for him early in the trade deadline sort of window, I guess you could say before the actual day of the deadline. So the chiefs, are starting to build a precedent of like, well, if we like somebody and that person wants to be here, why don't we do it now versus like the frenzy of trying to outbid somebody for McCole Harsman's services on October 28th when we can just do it right now on October 18th. So that was the first thing that came to my mind. Um, it's it's logical just because McCole could play on Sunday. Uh, that's not out of the question. You know, had they now the tricky thing about the Kadarius Tony trade last year was they traded for him on their bye week. So they had basically ten days to sort of give him a little bit of a prep, a little bit of a of a of a sampling of the playbook for him to sort of use uh in a very limited role against the Tennessee Titans last year, people remember. Um, but Harman did play thirty to forty snaps if they really needed him to. Um, he acknowledged today that like it's not necessarily the things that are on the the playbook or the iPad, uh, as most guys usually look at the playbook from, from. Uh, it's the terminology now. It's a little bit of the word choices uh, that they've changed to obviously just make it for this year's team, obviously versus next year. But, um, you know, McColl wants to be used. He wants to be utilized. Um, it also helps the Chiefs that, you know, he had literally zero success in New York. So he's ready to come back to a role that he's known and that he's comfortable with. And at the same time, um, he got something from, I think Patrick Mahomes through this trade that he was starting to get towards the end of last year where Patrick was very, like was commending McColl a ton during the first part of last season. And then of course, Mm -hmm. as we're going to get to the second part, McColl got hurt. Um, and so for Mahomes to sit in the pocket and like, eh, 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 while I scramble for 22 yards, uh, what this trade I think signifies for McColl is that Patrick does appreciate him, does want him, and already has trust built in with McColl Harman that he is still searching to find with some of his other receivers. And you just <laughs> cannot... Both things can be true, ladies and gentlemen. Patrick Mahomes kind of told you he might not trust these guys the way he thought he was going to trust them by week seven of the season. So, if there's a guy who's healthy, available, been in the offense before, has helped me win games in the past, yeah, I will definitely be okay with this move versus, you know, some of the frustrations of him, you know, not being comfortable when he throws the ball not to someone with an 87 jersey on. And then real quick on the roster
0: side, Montreal Washington was waived, as was Keandre Coburn, uh the the late round rookie draft pick that uh the chief that I was pretty excited about on the interior. Um Steve Spagnolo said that they are very hopeful that he ends up on the practice squad. Washington as well. Um that was more from Tobe because as a return option. So keep an eye on those guys to return to the practice squad, but they gotta go through waivers now, which is which is unfortunate for a twenty twenty three draft pick. Uh, the Chiefs traded for, for Neil, Neil Farrell pretty early before the season. And
2: mm. uh, I mean, we haven't about seen really played anything
0: you. from no. either of them yet.
2: No. And, yes. A lot of jet sweeps. You're, you're, you're so correct. Neil. So yeah, th- ignore the D line for now. I just want to
0: mention Washington and Coburn here and McCall Hardman will wear number 12. That is accurate. Uh, yep. Seth, what, what does McCall Hardman bring to this chief's offense that it didn't have? And, uh, how do you feel about the acquisition altogether?
1: um, You know, some of it depends on whether any of the weirdness in New York has had anything to do with health. I don't think it has. seems like he's perfectly healthy. Um, I'll just, so I'll I'll try to do the analysis side of things first. You know, Nate touched on the trust factor a little bit. It's worth noting, the last time we saw McCole Hardman, he was coming open on a clutch third and five in the fourth quarter of the AFC Championship game where he got crushed making the catch. That's a big deal. And he's saying he was like maybe 70% healthy. Dude was in pain. Here's the thing. If you go back and watch Chiefs games over the course of the last, you know, three or four years, and you, I always tell people they should rewatch games regardless, even if you're not using all 22, because you're not caught up in the emotion of the moment. We all remember multiple snaps where Mahomes afterwards is gesturing to McCall Hardman. Kind of what we've seen him doing with Skymore this year a little bit. Like, you know, come back to me. No, you need to move over here, whatever. That's just not something he's particularly adept at. He doesn't have that same change of direction ability when he's got to change like 90 degree angles that like Tyreek Hill has. It's one of several things that differentiate the two, even though Hardman has world-class speed, right? Uh, he doesn't track the ball really well in the air. You know, you know there are things that you would notice watching that. But once you remove the emotion and you removed a certain preconceived type of notion that you have about a player. You know what else you'll see? Multiple third down catches. You will see five-yard jet sweeps turned into 20-yard plays. Because he's got unique and rare speed, Um, that is something that matters. And so what happens, we, we tend to place players into one of two categories. They're either stars or they stink. And that's just not, that's not the way the world works, especially someone who's drafted in the second round who, you know, should the Chiefs have drafted DK Metcalf? Sure. Yeah. 100%. Yes. Should they have drafted D Higgins? Yes. Absolutely. But that has literally nothing to do with the player himself. And so Hardman has been a useful player from the moment he hit the field in a neutral but that niche wasn't just jet sweeps That was a big part of it. wasn't just wide receiver screens was a big part of it. You know what else he can do? He can run away from guys on a deep crosser. And if you're playing man coverage, oh, I don't know, man coverage with a single high safety like teams have really kind of wanted to do, mm-hmm. or you're playing quarters, you know who can split that? Michael Hardman. And he did it. Now, did he do it a ton? No. Did he do it enough to be a little bit dangerous on film? Sure. Is that more than you can say from what they currently have? On the roster and what they've shown. Absolutely. And that's what people have to understand. A 1% improvement is still an improvement. And I really think that, you know, since we're doling out the life advice today, we spend so much time in our lives looking for a, 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 you know, a 50% improvement on something because we hate incrementalism that you don't want to improve steadily a little bit at a time. But almost nothing happens all at once.
2: You know, I think... You know what my track coach used to say? Shout out to Coach O'Neill from Hickman Mills High School. Shout out to Coach O'Neill, Nate. It's not magic. That's what he used to say about improvement. Like, yeah, no, you have to literally do it. Like, it's
1: it's not yeah. magic. Like, it's an incremental thing. McCole Hardman, based on what we last saw from him, is better in this offense than any Chiefs receiver has been this year. Probably not as good as MVS was last year, right? Mm-hmm when McCall Hardman was also on the field sometimes. Uh, But again, Juju Smith-Schuster last year, but Juju ain't here. Mm -hmm. He's better than Sky Moore's been this year. He's better maybe than Justin Watson has been this year. I could could argue on that. We've
0: We've done done some stat exaggerating on Justin Watson. Like two big catches a game has suddenly turned him into prime T.O.
1: Exactly. and (laughs) And that's a great example. That's a great example of how expectations alter reactions to results. If someone has low expectations and they do the bare minimum, I once, <laughs> I once said to my wife, <laughs> I was like, you know, sometimes I feel like lately you're just being mean to me constantly. So if you're even just a little bit nice to me, I'm so grateful that you don't even have to put in any effort. Now this is a long time ago. And she actually admitted later on that she was trying to kind of push me away to, to, to get me to. Break up with her because she was scared and it was a whole other thing. So I had to pull the car, would be like, You know what? You're gonna have to leave me. You know that? So if you're trying to get me to break up with you, good luck. So, because I'm not going anywhere, so you can just be as mean as you want. Now let's go to your parents' house and have a nice dinner. And we drove there and we got married like two months later. Incredible. She needed that. I do not remember how I got there. Incredible. (laughs) Anyway, but oh, because expectations. Cause us, we we have this idea that we are somehow looking at reality objectively, but we're not. We're viewing it through our lens of preconceived notions. And that's what happens. So, like when Patrick Mahomes has a game that's good, but not great, it's like, oh, Mahomes has been kind of trash this year. Maybe for him, or like, yeah, so that's just such an important thing to understand. I love Adam Sheehan. You good, Seth? You know? Tardis, how's everything at home? <laughs> so everything is great at home. I love my wife; she's amazing. But anyway, and, Sepo- and, and what, Steph? And what? Oh, she's so hot, so Sets hot, rain. smoking <laughs> lava. Steph, we're
0: talking could melt the ring of. Anytime I wanted to talk about McCall Hartman again it would be so okay. With Heat me. wave. <laughs> so somebody comments, I did not have this podcast becoming a sermon on my bingo card. Hey, welcome to the show. Like, first half time, like, half of them get here. I'm How sorry.
1: That that would be on the Times Hours bingo card. Yeah. <laughs> <I guess> Only <laughs> oh. weird, names, Seth, so weird games. I knew that. So anyway, with McCool Hardman, I think a lot of the reaction is based on people that are still hung up on the fact that he was a second round pick. Does he add something to the field? In theory, yes. So that was a long road to a short thought. The schematic side of things. He... Last we saw of him in this office long road, better. At a, you had a conversation with your wife in the car on that road. Mm-hmm. How long that road was. Yeah, no, it was long. Sometimes you're talking cars on long trips. So, second thing that he brings. Or, or, or or much shorter out the window. Second, second, thing, that he, islands. second islands. thing that he brings. And now I'm pushing through my window over here. The second thing that McCool Hardman brings. Did you see him at practice today? Yeah. So happy. Of he, course I did, Seth. You know what it's like. You know, we're going to keep up. You know what? I'm going to double down on sermon-style analogies. He went from Mormon Mahomes to just Mahomes again. (laughs) Mormon Mahomes to just Mahomes. So, you know, sometimes you're having a bad day, Mm -hmm. and and that significant other of yours just comes in and is in a great mood Mm -hmm. and just tells you how great you are and smiles, maybe hands you a birdie. (laughs) Does it sound nice, though? Hypothetically. sounds great. Staff great, yes. It, it sounds incredible. Sometimes you need to come home, and you're just greeted by, hey, I heard you were kind of having a bad day, so I actually made some cheeseburgers for dinner, and uh, we got some fries here. I toasted those toasted those cheeseburger buns. They're nice and toasty, just how you like it. I didn't just say toast those buns because I knew Josh was going to go a place with it, Insane. and they – I and mean, then they sit down It's like you know what, I think what you're doing about, a great job. What, what about how this show is gone over the last couple of months thinks,
0: makes you think that I'm the wild card that could drag us off the rails? What That's... exactly have I done in this
1: show's recent history to earn that? If you're asking me to learn from my experience, <laughs> I feel like you're <laughs> expectations in reality again. So, again. But McCall, for what you know what makes a good point? He plays well in the red zone at times with certain assignments because he can outrun guys on drags. He can outrun guys on crossers. And right now they're not having guys do that. But also having someone who is genuinely the this football season becomes a slog. Nate, yes. you can confirm this. Players, they get, you know, you're excited early on. Oh, he's you so great. September. Just, oh, October. Man. But
2: I, I, by the way, October might be the most depressing part of the year in the yeah, NFL that nobody talks about. Like yeah. October, it's like, God, even if you're like, again, five and one, you're the most boring five and one team I've you know, ever seen. Even if you're one
1: in five, you're like, when is it now? What? Like, yeah, When's when that the- body? Like- when your your body hurts. hurts Yes, already hurts so and much. And you and you're like, hang on. It's like the 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 thirty rock scene. Like, oh, what a week. It's like lemon. It's Tuesday. Like <laughs> you you have got to relax. And like that that's really what can happen. And just imagine. You're in the middle of an October practice, the season's going well, but you know it hasn't been quite where you're used to. And in bounces an old buddy, a good friend, who doesn't like seeing an old friend? That's such a great feeling. You like, you're sitting there minding your business, and someone you haven't seen in a year, that you used to spend every day with, that you loved working with, walks in the door, you like, you hug that person even if you didn't have that kind of relationship when they were there. It just, you know, it depends on the person, you know, but... That's fun. It was fun watching him just like the man was practically dancing, returning punts in an October practice. I think on the human level, again, maybe it only matters 1%. But 1%, I'll take it. So I'm a lot more good with it than I was initially when I was like, huh, I
0: don't know. So why don't you guys tell me where his snaps come from? Like why who this is this is the this is the sort of negative slant on it, but I think it's a true one. Mm-hmm. who didn't who did not take the step that had the Chiefs change their stance on McCall Hardman in three months uh Sky Moore
1: i I think that's where it's coming from too because otherwise what you would do if you put Hardman on the boundary which you can because he's got deep speed but then he's running he's running deep crossers posts and nine routes that's what he's doing on the right. boundary maybe the occasional comeback but you you could put him out there and have him do that. And then the theory is, well, they'll put Sky Moore in the slot where he's more well-equipped to do things. But you know who else is pushing for a lot of snaps from the slot? Rasheed Rice. Yeah. And Travis Kelsey takes a lot of snaps on the other side in the slot. So I just, I think it's Sky Moore who loses out here. And it's unfortunate. I think he's got a skill set that can help, but that's how it goes.
0: We also don't have any evidence that him playing all these snaps has been a good thing, right? I mean like I very much do want to see the young guys keep getting work so there is hope of a of a, a large scale improvement happening, but I don't I at this point feel a little silly being like, "Well, a few more games of getting 75% of the offensive snaps and Sky Moore is really going to break out." especially also, and maybe there's a little bit of the outside capability while Justin Watson is out. Andy Reed said this week that he yeah. won't go to IR. Um, mm-hmm. so you could miss a few weeks and, and maybe, maybe Hardman's able to help there some Nate, but you, you also answered, you answered first and very quickly that it's Sky Moore. What, what makes you say that so confidently? Um,
2: just the lack of production. Uh, they need, they need production from receivers and, uh, Like, Marquez Valdez-Scanlon has a longer track record of being a productive NFL receiver. Right. Um, You know, I've made the argument really since I rewatched the game probably a third time where I was just like, you know, you understand what coaches are thinking as best I can, but Justin Ross needs to be on the field in the red zone more than Sky Moore. Um, the routes that he runs are not as fluid or as precise as you would like or he doesn't adjust his routes the way Mahomes anticipates or wants it's yeah it's it's a different it's a different situation for the team and the player where for whatever reason it just hasn't it just hasn't connected the way they thought it would Yep, and Uh, when you have someone like Justin Watson, who is playing above expectation, well, now you'll understand why he's on the field more. Um, I I think it's a fascinating point, Josh, to say, like, well, what happens? Could his production actually increase with less of a workload? Um, I hadn't thought that. So, it'll be fascinating to see, like, does that come to fruition Sunday versus the Chargers? Like, hey, maybe he is out there for 44% of the snaps, but he actually has four receptions that are all positive that help the team go down the field um, that helps to another victory. But the Chiefs were were pretty pleased with Sky Moore during the offseason program. And they were really impressed with him in training camp. mean for just whatever reason, um, I don't... For whatever reason, I think the I think the disconnect between Mahomes and Sky Moore, I don't think either one of them will, will say it publicly, but I think that that disconnect really started on opening night where, hey, man, like Travis Kelsey isn't out here. You're in the second year. Like, you gotta, you gotta help me. You gotta, like, you know, we have to, we have to make this work. Um, and you're not a rookie anymore. So I can't put it on Rasheed Rice a ton. But who was the more productive player in the game? Yeah. She Rice. So there are, I think Mahomes is trying his best to be supportive, but also knows that there's a game in two weeks against the Miami Dolphins. And he pretty much needs to know who his receivers are. And interestingly enough, that is also the bye week when teams want to self scout and truly understand this is the team we are. And this is what we need to do moving forward to maximize our best chances at winning. Um, and for whatever reason, it just might be unfortunate that Sky Moore is sort of the odd man out um, based on the circumstances that are that are occurring right now. I'm also really interested in the compensation, maybe
0: an extra layer that's going on there. You talk about that and a few other ripple effects that come from the McCole Hardman signing, and, excuse me, the McCole Hardman trade, because there was an actual acquisition here. Some ways it'll benefit the Chiefs, in some ways. That aren't so great. We'll talk about that right after this.
3: Thanks for listening to KC sports network. Make sure you download our new app, find it on the app store or Google play. Just search KC sports network.
4: This
1: show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like, you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back. So you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. I personally have been talking to somebody for a few years now and it's amazing how much better you'll feel by learning more about yourself through it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash KCSN today to get
3: 10% off your first month.
4: So it's a 6th and
0: 7th round pick swap uh in 2025 between the Jets and Chiefs and hey that could be the first year well the next first year without Aaron Rodgers the first year without any Aaron Rodgers perhaps who's to say uh the Chiefs win the Super Bowl that could be you know 15 spots of movement it's it's hard to say um but and I'm genuinely just looking for looking for intel here cuz this is complicated we don't have to get to the every every bit of the nitty gritty Uh, But Nick Corte on Twitter went through a breakdown of how this could also end up costing the Chiefs a fifth round compensatory pick with the compensatory pick formula and how those all cancel each other out. It would end up wiping out the juju pick, even though his contract was for more based on how all that works. This is uh, a level above my pay grade. And I usually feel pretty good about things like, you know, salary cap management and some of those little details. Nate, I don't know if that's something you've explored at all or tried to get an answer if the Chiefs are aware of that or thinking about that. Or where we stand there, but late round twenty twenty five pick swap doesn't doesn't hurt me too much. Doesn't cost you a pick. That's kind of my line in the sand. But losing a compensatory pick would be losing a pick, and a fifth round pick that you could trade. Uh, that's the Chiefs are going to find a starting corner in the fifth round in twenty twenty four. I just sort of assume that's where that's going to come from. So what what's the actual math there? To your understanding, let me. You
2: know, this, I I love this. I love this. We are so in the weeds that I love it. But I'm about to make it a lot easier for everybody, okay? Just just stay with me. Josh, who is the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs? Brevich, bless Checked. check. And Seth, what does Brevich do on day three of the NFL draft? He drafts a starting cornerback. That that has occurred. But there's also another thing. That he, he drafts is. the best running back he's ever drafted. <laughs> he trades up. Thank you. Thank you, Seth. That is that is the answer we're looking for. Uh, survey says yes. Brett Veach and Mike Bragansi and Mike Radway and Chris Shea and Brick Tellis and Tim Terry. We can't just make up names, Nate. No, these are all guys in the front. Those of are all real people. These are I mean, all real people. All I'm saying is, guys, if it's a compensatory pick that involves the Kansas City Chiefs in this context and this era, stop talking about a compensatory pick. The thing that Clark Huck cares about is the pick picks, not the compensatory picks. Now I know that you that, can
0: that
1: trade those now though, true. Which is if you're trading
0: up. Use your fifth round compensatory picks
2: to move
3: but- up.
1: One of my favorite things is about to happen here, and I'm excited
2: for it. Josh, they just traded the compensatory pick for McCole Hardman, which they were going to do in 18 months already. So what was accomplished? You brought back a player who can help you now versus trading a potential fifth-round compensatory pick that you would have traded previously.
0: Well, that's, that's what I'm asking: is that is a bare minimum we have. If that's the case, if that's the logic, then the Chiefs traded a fifth-round pick and a late-round pick swap to the Jets for Nicole Hardman, but the Jets didn't get a fifth-round pick back, which is Correct. wild. But Correct. if again, if that's the math, then that's, that's fine. If and, we're having that conversation, and I like the trade significantly less than.
2: Well, the Chiefs will also say, and again, this is the Chiefs saying this, not me. The Chiefs will say our scouting is good enough that we will that we will still find a good player at that pick range, even though we moved down to help us what they assume will be better than the, the difference.
4: Why,
0: why trade up on day three if that's the case? If your scouting department is so good that you're going to find value, why would you trade up in the in the day three? Do Just you stay there like, and use pressure department. Do you
2: like a majestic white horse on a sandy beach? Love a majestic white horse with a malfunctioning pancreas. What? Love what? what? What happened? What needed to occur for them to acquire said majestic horse on a Sandy Beach? They had to trade up, which I think people forget. And who do they trade up with? The Jets. All I'm saying is this move has already happened before and get your fifth round compensatory picks out my face. Basically. Because nah, it's the just team that, it, that is trying to, because the team is trying to win now and solve a problem. Now when they feel like their own scouting department will solve issues later in the draft. Man.
0: Imagine how good they'd be if they could have watched McCole Hardman in the flesh the last four years.
2: I Who's gonna say that? I love this. I love this back and forth because I know what's I know what is reality, which is that fear for Cabinet's story pick may not mean anything. Cause it would have been packaged to move something else. Cause all they do I mean, I don't know if I'm they, they shouldn't turn you shouldn't talk in you know it's not all they do. But a large part of what they do on day three is who can we call to move up? Who can we call to move down? Like, hmm, we really like Jamari Connors. Would people say it's wild for us to pick him in the fourth round? Yeah. Blank those people. Make the call. And guess what they did? They moved up in the fourth round. Probably would have used in the fifth round pick and piss story if they had one to, to weaponize for to go get Jamari Connor, because they believe they're scouting and the player will fit the system and get better over the life of his rookie contract. So... Yes, he
0: also just a, cut one of this year's J three draft picks. That's a more convincing argument, honestly. Is it say it?
2: Just say well, it, it's a crapshoot. It doesn't really matter. Well, the issue with that is, and that I think is the worst part of this, not the actual potential losing a fifth round compensatory pick. It's the idea that Chris Jones may not be on the roster next season, and you better know for a fact that no one is going to claim Keandre Kongborg off waivers because. You would like that player to be available in years two and year three of his rookie contract to be a serviceable player. Keandre Colbert is not asked to do that right now because he's a rookie on a roster that is largely stacked uh, which is the same for Felix, which is the same for BJ Thompson, which is the same for really Tramari Connor. They have just found ways to sneakily put him on the field at times. Um, But all these guys are supposed to be developmental players for year two and year three of their rookie contracts. So why would you Why would you you waive a guy that's part of this plan because you traded for Neil Farrell who plays the same position? Yeah, that's a strange one to me. That's one I can't explain as well as, hey, they may have lost a compensatory pick. And to them, it's like, well, we just traded that pick to move up to solve a problem for now.
0: For twelve games of McCole Hardman, or whatever it'll end up being, like that's it's just they, that's they, not they, the same thing as trading up for a rookie with a full with a full rookie
2: contract. True, but it's fifteen to sixteen games, depending on how the postseason goes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, but like a a partial season of a guy who said he wanted to be back in Kansas City this offseason
2: for about a million for about a million dollars. I mean once you figure yeah, out that's what true, that base salary and the. And the, and the bonus, roster bonus. The Jets will have a higher cap hit from a Cole Hardman next year Seth than the wants Chiefs to talk this and I year. Keep, I keep giving, I keep spitting out facts in perspective.
1: Go ahead, Seth. Go ahead, Seth. We're, we're arguing one over a fifth round One of my, tournament. one of, one of my very favorite things <laughs> Thank you, Neil. Is,
2: a fifth round compensatory pick really is, is a sixth when,
1: pick. Is when Josh hears something or not. I just
2: want
0: consistency. I don't know if those picks matter or not. Do we I care just... about a sixth round pick? Or is it no biggie? Do they cut <laughs> Keandre <Keon laughs> Coburn?
2: Set, Josh. They're going to trade up for a cornerback who's below the Mason Dixie line. We all absolutely know this. absolutely so have one other pick to do, do it with. They use, use
0: that
1: fifth round pick to do it. To
0: do that, they could use. That's so, what I'm saying. Trading those picks so, matters.
1: So one of my favorite things is when Josh hears something that makes no sense to him, which, <laughs> <laughs> and then someone it's usually me tries to kind of play devil's advocate it's like well one reason they could be doing this is this and josh you just can't handle you are like that doesn't make sense. it doesn't make sense and i love it <laughs> I look, so much my job it would be to do if it wasn't to say hey doesn't make any sense i saw i saw that coming a mile away and i was like oh this is gonna be so much fun and uh, they just need handles it so much better i do think if 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 it is going to cost you a round compensatory pick, it's weird to me that they would treat an asset like it's not an asset. However, I guess it is what it is. I would have rather they paid McCall Hardman $4 million than potentially risked, although I mean, they just didn't have the assets to do it. Right. So I, I think that's why it's weird. But at the end of the day, they also, I think tacitly what you can read into this is they were wrong about something. They thought they really thought Sky Moore was ready to take a jump and he hasn't. They really thought they were letting stuff leak out. You know the Chiefs are a locked box. If some, if people are leaking in the offseason, you know, the Chiefs think of him as maybe a wide receiver one. Someone said that to someone. And now, given his usage, Andy they... Reid said it on television. Yeah, but that could have meant anything. So I <laughs> <laughs>
2: incredible
1: See, and that's nah, I'm sorry that's not that's not that's not fair or nice or good faith so so they they really I think they really remember how this offseason we were talking about the floor and the ceiling of this group and the ceiling was really exciting and to an extent still could be but you needed at least one guy to really hit and right now the only guy that looks like he might hit is Rashi Rice which is great but not only is are the other guys not hitting, <clears throat> as in like, you know, hitting that potential, right? Because that was always the conversation with Moore and Tony especially, especially Tony. And not only have Tony and Moore not hit in that sense, they also haven't taken, from all appearances, a step forward to even like slightly hit. And that's where it becomes problematic and that's where that floor keeps dropping. And so I think really... The McColl thing makes sense if you... It makes more sense. I don't really like that part of it. Uh, so I'm kind of with Josh on that. Because they either matter or they don't. And if they matter and they're a valuable asset in some sense, then you still gave it up for Hardman whether you want to pretend you didn't or not. But I do think it's a tacit admission of this is not going the way we thought it would and we got to do something. And I'm okay with ignoring sunk cost and saying, okay... That's not going how we want, so we got to fix it. I'm okay with that. But I'm also okay acknowledging that the how, you know, it, they, they 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 could have been a little more. You could have signed, uh, you know, Jacoby Myers for $11 million a year, which is not a tough – that's not a tough contract, and he's a good player. Like, you could have done these things.
2: Seth, his name is
1: Marquez Valdez Scanlon. He is an 11 million. He is, and and that's that's really. But then, but then you got to self scout and say, okay, does he have the ability to play a larger role? And maybe they thought he did too. But then now, now we're on three different guys that you're like, oh, maybe this guy will, maybe this guy will, maybe this guy will. You know, you're like playing whack a mole here. Or no, it's better. Remember the B movie with Jerry Seinfeld? Hell you yeah! Know you yeah, yeah. Ran the the day, this time, this time, this time, this time, this time, this time. That is a hundred percent coming on a video at some point. By the way, shout out. I don't remember his name right now. The guy that did the Billie Eilish mashup of me doing ridiculous things. That was incredible. I think that was Josh, um, not me. Oh, a There's, different name, Josh. Different yes, Josh, yeah. Yes. My brain shut down for a second when you said that. Like, I don't mean that. I just like powered down. I was like, it's so What's-?
0: rare for me to get to see you just completely lose your train of thought. Watch your brain shut down. Wild. Um,
2: no, Seth, it, it's, it's, it's a fair pushback. I'm just telling you, the reality of it. The reality well, is, well, I'm on traded, your side now because Josh was mean to me. They they traded for Neil Farrell. Yeah, have used him very little. Yeah, uh, as a stopgap sort of again, uh, projection player in the wake of Chris Jones's you know potential long term holdout. Uh, Chris Jones came back to the team. Well, mm. now you have two young defensive tackles who aren't going to see a ton of snaps because. Uh, I think one of the most underrated players this season has been Derek Nottie. And, you know, uh, Treshawn Wharton is, I believe, in the last year of his rookie contract. So, uh, obviously, he's coming back from injury and he's playing uh, at a serviceable level. So, you're already rotating guys into the defensive tackle spot on third down, which we're going to see, obviously, Sunday, uh, we expect, with Charles Abenehue. And yet, they weigh... Kendrick Colburn when I thought he was a better first-year prospect coming out of college than BJ e. Thompson, and that is that is a discussion that I mean mm-hmm. is really
0: deep. <laughs> right, baby, Not we... deep. Tershawn Morton signed a one-year deal to come back, so it's still a contract year
2: for him, but his rookie deal's okay. actually up. Just, just yeah, right. yeah. Thank you. We'll thank you. Um, so, with all that said, like okay, but a team. Between now and I think tomorrow, can can sign Kendrick Coleman if they want. Now again, these front offices are looking at every team's projected not only fifty man roster, but obviously um, you know their practice squad. So you make a educated guess. There's a little bit of a of a, of a risk factor involved. Um, but look, they traded a fifth round pick. Kinda, it was never in your hands, but you kind of did that to solve a problem and bird in the hand two in the
1: bush sure exactly that is that is what i'm telling And something worth noting that someone pointed out in the comments which i think this this does make sense let's say hardman they think hey we think he can come back and be just as productive as he previously was in our offense right um which should be fairly productive not again it's a niche thing whatever he'll likely be able to get a contract again elsewhere And that might go towards the compensatory formula or maybe letting him try out what's out there in the, in the rest of the world. Maybe this next year, he's like, please two mil a year. Let's just do not make me leave the warm confines of Arrowhead. So, I mean, there's, there, there are layers to it, but it is, it's, it's a lot to give up and it feels like maybe an attempt to address a somewhat costly lesson. And then, and then if it is kind of a tacit admission that their approach to soft season was not correct, for me, my hesitation is that, was this a radical enough swinging of the pendulum back the other direction? Like, all right, we were wrong. We're calling X about Y, you know, whoever Atlanta, let us free Kyle Pitts from this misery that you have put him in or whatever, right? And so part of me wonders if maybe it's not a far enough admission that things haven't gone as planned because I think everyone can see that that this is not what the plan was for the wide receiver room. Um lastly, Josh,
2: uh Justin Watson signed a contract this offseason that everybody knew he was going to rejoin the Chiefs for essentially 2 million dollars. So with the guarantee of him being on the 53-man roster for this season, obviously next season on that you can rip that up if you want. Um but I'm just saying, is 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 Seth saying that McColl Harmon has a great year, and it's like, what about a one-year, three point five million, like that? I guess again, something I had not thought about. But yeah, um, maybe seeing success and maybe being elsewhere does give you a better, not only not overall, it does give you a better perspective of what, um, what your limitations are in this league. Because everywhere you go is a situation. I feel so bad for, like, Colts fans. I know this has nothing to do with the Chiefs. But, like, you're telling me Jim Ursay and Chris Ballard and Shane Steichen got it right? And the quarterback finished one game in his rookie season. Sometimes you plan for things. Sometimes you plan for things and you get it right, and it still doesn't lend there still doesn't yield the amount of success or the amount of, like, you know, just overall movement of the franchise that you anticipated. And so some teams have it on a la- on a large scale, like the Colts. Some teams are trying to contend for a Super Bowl while also admitting, man, we need another wide receiver. And we need that, and we need that guy to be on the field yesterday. So let's get the guy who could be on the field as soon as tomorrow. And right. that was that was McCall Hartman. That does make it, sense. He he shed a lot of light also on
0: everything that was happening last season, uh, yeah. reported at the time as some sort of abdominal issue uh, today in his press or somebody asked the follow up of, of the fact that he has expressed on, on Twitter a few times that his frustration about this narrative that he is somehow an injury prone player, which is a fair thing for him to be frustrated by. He's not. But he had injuries end up marring his final year in Kansas City. So he went on and explained this freak abdominal injury. Um, I've already forgotten what the scientific name for it was. There several several specialists apparently disagreed on what it ultimately ended up being, but a pain that left him eventually calling Rick Burkholder the day after a game, calling back a few minutes later, and, uh, and uh, ended up in pain going to the hospital with what ended up keeping him bedridden for 10 days unable to feel his legs for four or five and unable to walk, I believe for five or six. Now That's you were crazy. there for all that. We were listening to all of it live. Uh, but, but what was your experience here in that story today? And, and I imagine that all three of us probably had that add some stuff to the context
2: there. Um, now I did know this last year. I knew, uh, that McCall Harmon was in the hospital. Um, didn't report it because I didn't have all the the facts and all the details. Um, but when I found out that he was in the hospital, there were serious questions that he would play again next for the rest of that season, right? For the rest of last season. Um, violently came back in a very commendable fashion, as Seth said to start the show uh, about his, you know, his contributions to the team in the XC championship game uh, that Andy Reid sort of uh, made as big of a deal as he could possibly do before turning the page to the Super Bowl. So, um, it's a medical term that I learned
1: today that sounds extremely painful. Yeah. Some some medical conditions just sound painful, don't they? Like, you just hear it and you're like, oh, that's bad. Like, for example, decapitation sounds bad. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, but but Seth, I
0: think I I think you you would agree. Diabetes sounds hilarious. You know what, man?
1: That what one... Josh is so mean to me all the time.
4: <laughs>
1: I am I have held I have stained my hand, I'm teasing you because of that, man. I've been inviting oh, it. So so people don't on the backstory of this. I'm so sorry. So a guy on Twitter got really upset with me for joking around with Josh uh, or with Kent about it on 21 Questions because we're both, of yeah, course, with, talking about. A dear friend with another so pancreas, loved.
0: with another pancreas privileged person, a PPP. I'd be were... a couple of
1: PPs if we're being honest. Oh, you're the you're the worst. And so I, and so me, Ken made a joke where well, I probably am the one who made the joke. Let's be honest. Ken has more. I think stuff. It wants to Yeah. Yeah, it was probably me. And someone's like on Twitter's like that's uncool. You know what? You know you. I cannot believe you do that. Whatever, whatever. And I was like, hey. Maybe you should ask, and I added Josh Briscoe, you know, maybe you should ask him. The guy I was making a joke about, he's a good friend. And Josh just, he's like, I, you know, I really appreciate you for sticking up for me. To the other guy. He's like, oh, thanks so much. I was so upset. <laughs> Hold on, sorry. Oh, God. Is that a taste of your own medicine? Oh, oh you don't like that. You don't like I, it. I, I have never, and would never, and could never, behave... In such an unaccountable, <laughs> and I don't want to say dastardly, but I'm good. Uh, wait. Anyway, please. But yes, you're right. Diabetes is a very serious disease. That No, what are the other funny ones? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've actually prepared a list. I was hoping to, to ruin my career today. Funniest <laughs> injuries and illnesses.
2: Migraines. <laughs> <The
1: flare. laughs> just just say it with the flair. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> strained (laughs) strained groin is funny because you're always like anything with
0: the
2: word pubic involved which i believe this one did not a good time yeah so (laughs) he he couldn't walk for five days he was in the hospital (laughs) for 10 um he was wondering is his career over is (laughs) i mean like uh it was such a wave of emotions. Uh, we did see him... I think the first time I saw him in the locker room after the injury was, like, early December? Um, and he seemed to be in a pretty jovial, normal mood. So, like, again, just... I, I wasn't... Why wasn't it reported about him being in the hospital? Well, like, I didn't have all the details. Like, the like you know, I can... I hear things, but, like, there's there's got to be a level of even more reporting to make sure that, like, you have... Like, I don't need... Especially... Correct me if I'm wrong, but
0: especially when you're in, like, heavy-duty medical territory. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to yeah. mis- mispractice with the groin strain is different than hospitalized yeah. with the disease or-, or an injury that we still don't
1: really know. It's right, a- it- right. There's a difference idiot. between an injury that occurs on the football field and some kind of illness, some kind of, you know... I mean, what we know about Frank Clark is stomach issues that went on for three years. I, don't oh, know I like a- There's something more going on there, but I- that... I- and I have information on that too. I've, I've just—that's like, a nunya. It's, it's a nunya. It's yeah. stopping him from playing. That's what they are obligated to report to the league. Right. And they, there's got to be a certain point there, right? right? Like not everyone's out here like me, just like ah, I had a bed us and almost died, but then I live tweeted watching Bird Box. You know, like I'm sorry, I just know Nate loves that voice. I, she, I, 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 I know a lot of I
2: know a lot of things guys but like I want to be very detail oriented and I want to re- report it in the most respectful like humanistic way possible and look all I knew and all I heard at the time was that he was in the hospital again with an abdominal injury that is way above like whatever Like he was even above what the chief's medical staff was doing like he was being taken care of by someone not employed by Clark Hunt basically so it, it's a it was a complicated situation but when I saw him in December you could tell he he was starting to like gather what truly happened um but just didn't want to say it at the time so of course it was um it was really worthwhile for him to be honest and forthcoming and to explain his perspective on it all and um, because there were parts of what he said today that i already knew um i did not know the medical term and i did not know uh, the i think i knew he was in the hospital for a week maybe but I didn't know the exact length. Um, I didn't know uh, the fact that he's that he had lost like legitimate feelings in his legs. Even though he played, and, and I thought this was a very key point from him, and this tells you how violent this sport is, which we should not forget, but it's so entertaining. It is cocaine, so I cannot remember what I did two quarters ago. But also, uh, I know some people were, were waiting on the cocaine references. This street. Yet again, continue. Oh, that's becoming a thing. You, got, you know, sometimes you do cocaine and you're like, I don't know why I made that decision. Uh, I, I'm i saying, again, yet again, I am saying this like I have experience that I have it? no experience whatsoever. So That's what, that somebody, who, that's what somebody who somebody does want people to think he has cocaine experience would say. You gotta throw them off the sit. Um,
1: <laughs> which isn't that hard if you can't smell anything. It's nice that was it that was a good wrap around i like that um, that was a, it, that was a good wrap around just and
2: seed so the game is so violent that he finished the game against the tennessee titans last year that they went in overtime that they went and won um we do i don't know if DraftKings wants a cocaine counter next to its logo but we'll we'll we'll, we'll workshop that
1: <laughs> and uh <laughs> Ding. that would be and, incredible it's like uh, uh what's the thing like everything wrong with whatever movie yeah it's like it's like a youtube channel a lot of people yeah. know about it i know what you're talking about. uh pop-up video it might be the everything wrong
2: with or something I like that. Mm. that. makes sense
1: so cinema yes
2: yes yes so, so exists i don't know he finished the game he was chilling at home and his body stopped functioning properly or a part of his body stopped Stop functioning properly. That is crazy. That's a lot. And it's such a violent, entertaining sport that we sort of, we have to, I think, as humans, remove ourselves from, like, how violent it really is. But, like, I've seen it enough to know um, enough. I've seen enough to know enough. But I was... Then he came just, back to the FC Championship game and tore his groin, which just, was not the was, same issue. Because he was playing as a compromised athlete because this is to go to the grandest sport the grandest game of them all you know this is to go to literally the Super Bowl and my quarterback has no foot <laughs> so I'm if, no if he out here I gotta be out here clear me I, I love yeah. it sometimes with like the, the team is like I don't know dog and the player is like clear me, yeah, okay, clear me. All right, and the and they're right, like, hey man, it's a violent sport. Do your thing, baby. Can you can you protect yourself? I didn't say that. I said, <laughs> clear me. Yeah. I didn't say that this is safe. There you go. Why? I was, I do appreciate the idea that he uh that he shared everything that he did. And and look, it just tells you that these guys are not us, they are not, I mean, they are human, but they're not me, they're not us. So, uh, they always deserve respect, even though we can criticize their production or their lack of, you know, consistency or Hey, maybe, you know, maybe he made a business decision. It's a gigantic multi-billion dollar business. So sometimes you're like, okay, I see it on film. I also know your body hurts. So like, eh. uh, but yeah, a, a very, a very nice reminder in the most depressed month of the season about how this sport makes your body don't feel good. So anyway, the chargers. Oh, that's right. You know, Justin Herbert, what do you got to say about this guy? Broken ribs, broken fingers, broken spirit. Um, he keeps slinging you know, out. There.
1: <laughs> I, i every single chargers game is the same. And everyone knows it. I I tweeted out. It was the least original tweet of all time where I was just like, how? But I was in the moment when they got the ball back with two minutes to go. I was just like, how? How is every single Chargers game exactly the same? They have changed coaches. They've changed GMs. They've changed offensive and defensive line. They've changed coordinators. They've changed quarterbacks. Like, I always thought it was a Phil Rivers thing. I always figured, like, you know, Phil seems like a guy who's pretty fulfilled in his life, so maybe this is like karma, like the football gods are coming at you. But now, what we know is that it was Bill Rivers' faith that kept him together for that long because <laughs> the Chargers, because he at least was healthy most of the time. Like I don't know if the rest of the team isn't Catholic enough, or like I, I don't, because I, I mean, he's Catholic, right? He's got a million kids. There's that one no Baptist humor for you, a little stereotyping. There's one there's one season
2: since I've been on this earth that is different from all other Chargers season. And you know who the quarterback of the Chargers was that season? Stan Bleeping Humphreys, okay? Stan Humphreys, if you listen to Times R's of last year. Look, guys, I know way too much about Stan Humphreys because he somehow led the Chargers
3: to the Super Bowl.
2: That's it's incredible. Did something, something that Dan Fouts couldn't do that obviously Philip Rivers couldn't do, even though he played the AFC Championship game also on one leg. Don't forget about that. And now, can Justin Herbert get through a season healthy just once, Lord? Once. I'd like to see a healthy Justin Herbert and a healthy Patrick Wells compete on the same field. It's just, it's I to act.
1: And, and it's just, it really is, it is uncanny. And so I, like, here's the deal. I expect the Chiefs to win an incredibly uncomfortable game on Sunday. I just, I am like, I am so ready. Like, I don't I, I don't expect the Chiefs offense to have a bounce back game against the Chargers defense because the Chargers defense is traditionally over the last many years, ever since they added Derwin James, really. I mean, they play the Chiefs offense as well as anyone. Khalil Mack apparently like went through the whole like cloning himself process from that one movie with the, you know, Paul Rudd. And so, I can't remember the name of it. And that, that kind of bums me out. But anyway, he, I mean, so he just, he Ant seemed Man. like himself. No, not Ant-Man. Okay, sorry. I was trying to help. Oh, the one where the Tom Brady made a cameo where it's like, no, it Brad. wasn't a movie. Huh? 80 for Brady. <laughs>
4: 80
1: no, the TV so show? The Netflix no. show? The show? Like, Living the With Netflix Yourself series. or Something Yourself? Yeah, Something yeah. Yourself. Yeah, it was. You know, was- and so... I I, I expected to be a very very stressful game. Super glad I'm going to be there in person. Multiplicity. A, who said multiplicity? You and me both know that that was Michael Keaton, Douglas Cogland. You are don't don't join Josh in these bits. Come on, man. Serendipity. Uh, <laughs> Great film, underrated. Oh, uh, uh. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Okay, I uh. the Chiefs. Will a million percent, I think the Chiefs will win this game. I think the offense will have maybe its moments, but not. I just don't expect this to be a, a great game. Um, I don't like the way the Chiefs sometimes match up against the Chargers, especially when Derwin James is healthy, because they have the option of actually playing man coverage with Kelsey, although they really kind of messed with them with that last year and made them pay for it.
0: Can I sneak quick, in a quick, very matchup-specific question for you, too? Maybe we need to save this for the... The, the little five minute round of what we're looking for also that people can hear later in the week here on KCSN. But
2: how do we feel about uh Chiefs tackles versus Chargers edge rushers? We gonna we're gonna learn a lot because I don't think the Chiefs tackles played that particularly well last week against the Broncos. Pat not only is struggling with trust downfield, but he, he kinda 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 exited some pockets uh early
1: in especially in the red zone. He was just like one, two, get out. Uh Yeah, which is interesting. Um, It's interesting because early in the season, you'd have multiple snaps per game where Mahomes was just hanging out. Yep. And what I think happened, and I could be wrong here, um, not against the Broncos, but the week prior, they really struggled against the Jets. Part of that was just Quentin Williams being awesome. But part of it was they really struggled, especially on the right side of the line, against some stunt looks. And that wasn't just the tackles. I mean, that was the, the Trey Smith, He's a good pass blocker, but that is some that that's something that he doesn't communicate as well with. Whereas Joe Tooney is like, nope, I'm a robot. I see, sir, that you were pretending to rush out there, but you're going to rush in here. And so I will do this. No, 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 Donovan, you stay over there. Good man. I feel yeah, I feel like Joe Tooney is the most polite elite pass blocker in the world. No, sir, you shall not. That was an excellent try, though. And I know that's not how he is at all. So, but that's so, how he plays. He plays we, with a British accent. Are we ever going to get a mic'd up Joe Tootie game? Oh, and, oh, what would that consist of? Here,
2: I think it might screw up his circuitry. I would be here, worried. Here, here's, what, here's what it's going to sound like. Say God, I can't even get bio.
1: Say Green. Good play, man. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> the most boring thing. On the other hand, I really want them to do like a mic'd up with Trey Smith. Because you know, like right before the snap, you're going to hear something like, I'm going to kill that guy. <laughs> Just like, like, or like whispering across the line. It would be like a
0: Jekyll and Hyde thing to mic up both guards. Like, that actually is prob- that's a pretty good idea. That should we- hey, Chiefs,
1: if you do that, you got to pay us or something. Yeah. Nice like, nice play, like, buddy. I'm taking your pets hostage. Like,
2: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like 78,000 in Arrowhead screaming, touchdown. Obviously, you know, with boom, boom, firing, firing, firing. firing. Hey, great play. Oh,
1: oh let's, let's go. 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 That's right. You a dog. You a dog. Joe Tootie. <laughs> nice touchdown. Nat. Good play, fellas. Good guy. Good, good job. Good play. Let's keep it up. Yep, um, nope. but, but with the pass protection, I felt like, you know, with Denver being the first game since then, Mahomes looked a little jittier, a little more jittery. Jittery. There it is. Um, than he had in previous weeks. Because it seemed like that was the one thing I kept telling people, you know, the tackles were doing a pretty good job in pass protection. And so he looked a little jittery in the pocket. Thanks. Shout out to you, Josh, for the word pronunciation as usual. And then he... He he would move out of the pocket earlier than he needed to, which sometimes led to the pressure. But then a couple times Taylor and Smith just had rougher. That was that was Taylor's first game that I would say on film. He's he had some struggles in pass protection. Whereas previously they had the penalty stuff or whatever, but he was mostly lights out in pass pro. So that'll be something to keep an eye on because Bosa and Mac are they're real good.
0: Yeah, that matchup is sort of terrifying. Uh let's put a score on it then everybody. Seth, you were you were ramping up to one and then I cut cut shop asking about the tackles. So, uh put a score on it and then Nay, hey, you give us your your final your final pass at this game, give me a score and I'll give you
1: mine. An incredibly uncomfortable 27-20. You know what? No, 24-21. I lowered mine like three times. <laughs> uh, no, and that's that's the reality. This Chiefs defense is real good though. Like so yeah. we'll we'll kind of see. Yeah, uh Keenan Allen on or I should say it the other
2: way. Uh Legeria State's gonna be on Keenan Allen, I would I would expect quite a bit, so keep that in mind as well.
1: Um He's a tough cover. He's a, a man oops. coverage guy. He's a tough one to follow. Ooh. Sorry, you go ahead. Shifty. Um you talk about
2: a route runner. Oh god. Um I'll be I'll be the I'll be the Keturian. Uh Chiefs 31, Chargers. 23. Again, more yeah. points than anyone scored against them so far this year. Um, But Justin Herbert in a, co- in a comeback attempt, down eight. No, don't throw mi- up. Two
1: minutes left. Yep. One timeout. Go
2: the length of the field.
1: It's because every single Chargers game is the same and always has been and always will be. And you'll never escape Chargers fans. There's no hope. Every day of your life is going to be like this forever.
2: Hey, There's what, nothing you can do about it. Hey, sometimes, sometimes the sometimes the the changeup is charges down the field to take the lead. Ninety nine yard interception for a touchdown. Yep. This is that's it. That's the curveball or the changeup to the to the usual fastball. Yep. I lowered mine three times.
0: I've written down now twenty-three twenty and not the way you would think. That's what I've left behind for Chiefs Chargers, is it's not field goals and touchdowns. Like there's gonna be a two-point conversion, maybe a I don't know, maybe a returned two-point conversion. Definitely a lot of field goals for the Chiefs. I have no idea what Brandon Taylor's gonna do. He's the my least favorite thing now, which is just inconsistent and also the face of the analytics like movement. So I'm not thrilled with my patron saint at the moment either. Um, but I I will go ahead and buy into the Chiefs' defense and assume that Harrison Butker
1: uh, is the highest-scoring fantasy player for the Chiefs, not named Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey. Staley's going to go for it on, on like, 4th and 5 from their own 35, and then he's going to punt on 4th and 1 from, like, the Chiefs' 30. And it's, I'm going to call him a post-game <laughs> show and make me explain it. Yep. <laughs> I can't. I don't know why.
0: Uh, all right, well, then I think we've got it. I think we've covered uh, most of the things that have happened. It's been busy from McCall Hardman and all of that. We've mentioned Charles in a talked about him in the weeks leading up. If you want to read more about all of this, i got two great places you can do that. You can go to theathletic.com and read Nate Taylor's work up there. Nate, I imagine probably some McCall Hardman sort of content on the way.
2: Oops, oh, he's getting a phone call from Somebody's calling again. me. It's, it's... Did you guys both get phone calls? What happened there? No, it was... You know, it was me. I forgot to put my phone on silent. Quite the production today, guys. Got to be, got to be honest. Uh, what a, what a I, day. too have people who love me. And then Seth, you can read him
0: at mnchiefsfan.substack.com. Bit bit.ly/slash Seth really hates money. If you want to get that good deal, uh, what's next, Seth? We I think they didn't even talk about the last thing you just wrote.
1: No, yeah, you could check out. I wrote about the Chiefs' red zone issues. Uh, yeah, some of it. Important. Some of it, I think, will surprise you. He said teasingly. Um, And then the Mahomes film review, I got to get the film done there. I'm going to be on the road pretty much all day tomorrow starting noon because I'm coming to Kansas City, baby. So I will try to post it tomorrow morning and we'll see because I don't know if he was very as good as he normally is against the Broncos. So I should probably write about that.
3: It's
0: kind of weird that we're talking about like, all right. And so Seth, your two film reviews are the two ways the Chiefs offense was like way worse than you expected it to be. It's a weird timeline that we're in. Uh, Maybe another reason that the Chiefs needed to acquire Nicole Hardman did that, and we'll continue to break that down. Uh, Plus, Thursday Night Football tonight, if you want to listen to that, you can do that on Sports Radio 810 WHB. You're home for the NFL in Kansas City, primetime games, all that. Jags Saints tonight. You can check that out over there as well. And uh, with that being said, Nate, I think it's time for
2: you to mercifully get us out of here. What will get me to watch the Jags versus the Saints? Cocaine.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about.